0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here on a Monday evening, getting set to wrap up week four tonight between the Broncos and the Chiefs. Obviously, a lot of fantasy games hanging in the balance with a lot of firepower expected in this game. Hopefully, your week four is going well. You can catch me weekdays here, 7 p.m. Eastern live. Of course, if you can't, you can always check it out on demand and find all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. Have an article look up right now with an early look at the waiver wire for week five. And... uh there's some intriguing pickups this week, even in the deeper formats. I think a lot of the weeks there hasn't been much, but there's several guys that I think you'll be bidding on this week, uh, even in the deeper formats. A few of these guys in the article available, even in the high stakes leagues where we know it gets very thin with 20 roster spots and 12 teams. So you could check out that article. You could check out the prescription notes from Dr. Roto, the injury report from Bill Enright, uh, Dr. Roto's podcast. And of course, ask your questions. On the message boards and the forums, anytime you want, uh, we will get you an answer. And check out Scout DFS, which continues to be on fire for the NFL. Some good picks this week uh, when you use the optimizer. And again, the the way to use the optimizer is, you know, come up with your core guys. Maybe you got four. Maybe you got a stack. Maybe you have a few stacks. So take your different stacks, put them in the optimizer, hit optimize, see what it gives you. Maybe there's someone you didn't think about that. You do some research on it, you figure out, okay, you know what, this guy's good. Or you read the write ups from the guys at Scout DFS and they back up what the optimizer is saying and, you know, click on different lineups. And it, it can help you for sure. It can give you players that you aren't on. And I think sometimes that's the struggle for many people is you, you know, you have a good core, but finishing out your lineup. And that's where we come into play and we can help you out. So check out Scout DFS. Can't wait. We got NHL about to start. NBA coming up in a couple weeks. I love NBA. NBA, DFS, that is my thing. So looking forward to that. And of course VegasWhispers.com if you want to bet and win some money. That is the place to be. Uh, they'll be cashing you out for sure. Let's take a look at some of the top storylines right now and some breaking news just a little while ago. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reports that Le'Veon Bell is expected to report to the Steelers during their week 7 buy. So we'll see if this is confirmed and does indeed happen, but certainly some good news there for those with Le'Veon Bell. Not as good for James Conner, who, you know, people sometimes in the high-stakes leagues when I was out in Vegas were taking him in the fourth-fifth round. I actually had a chance to take him on the 4-5 turn. I was picking number one, and I just couldn't pull the trigger. You know, maybe it would have worked out, especially if Bell did sit out to week 11, but I just said, you know, what if Bell returns sooner? So I didn't want to risk it. And obviously after week one, a little bit of regrets when he had 36 touches and two touchdowns. But as we've seen, Connor hasn't been as good the last few weeks. You know, he has, hasn't scored a touchdown in the last two. And then last night, just nine carries, 19 yards, three catches for 25 yards. So look, this news is out. It's easy. Everyone's going to say, sell James Connor. Well, everyone knows. <laughs> everyone sees this report. So what are you really going to get for Connor? Now here's what you do. If you are 4-0, 3-1 after this week. Look and see where the on Bell owner is. If the Bell owner is 0-4 or 1-3, they can't wait. Even if they see this report. Because uh, the Steelers have a bye in week 7. So that means Bell would come back week 8. And again, there is the possibility that he starts off slowly. We saw that last year. He was not good the first two weeks. And that was missing training camp. So now he misses training camp. And basically the first first two months of the season? Because we're talking end of October. So he could start slowly. But if I was 4-0 in a league with trades, I would be looking at the team that has and Bell. And if they're 0-4, 1-3, and you know, look to make a trade. And I think if you are the 0-4 team with Bell or 1-3, unless you've had real bad luck or your league qualifies points in the playoff setting. So, if, for example, I'm in a league where the top four records go to the postseason – than the next two teams with the most points. So you could be in a league like that, 0-4, 1-3, and and maybe you have the third most points in the league. So in that scenario, you look at your team and say, okay, look, I've had bad luck. They're counting the points. I still have a shot at the postseason. So in that situation, you might want to hold Bell. So again, it comes down to each individual scenario, but that's what I would be doing right now. Go to your league, go to the roster grid. Who has Le'Veon Bell? What's their record? Are they in dire need of... Immediate help, because if you're 0-4, you got to worry about week-to-week. You cannot worry about Le'Veon Bell returning in Week 8 if this report is indeed true. you got to get a win this week. You're playing week-to-week at this point. You can't look ahead, whereas if you're 4-0 or 3-1, yeah, you're looking pretty good. You're not locked up to get a playoff seed. Obviously, anything could happen. A multitude of injuries can sink your team. But you know that you're in pretty good position where you can afford to acquire Le'Veon Bell, probably at a cheaper price, and then just stash him for your playoff push. So, again, that's the report we're hearing right now. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reports that Le'Veon Bell is expected to report to the Steelers during their Week 7 buy. So we'll see if that is the case. Lots going on in Week 4. Uh, we'll look at some of the news from today. Uh, Leonard Fournette. I mean, this is just frustrating. And I don't own Fournette in many leagues. Uh, I think a couple best bowl leagues. I do have them in a league that's not that important to me. And uh, the Scott Fishbowl where uh, I did get a win this week, finally. I've actually had pretty high scoring weeks and just uh, been losing. But So that league, I have them. And, and that hurts because it's uh, 12 teams and 22 roster spots with no kickers, no defense. But it's it's not a money league. I get you know me. Anyone who follows me, I want to win every league. I don't care if there's no money on the line. But... The more money, the higher priority it becomes, because obviously it's more something substantial on the line. But Fournette, it's frustrating. You know, you pretty much had to play him yesterday if you owned him, unless you're in a shallow league and you had a lot of options. And clearly, he's not 100 percent. Hamstring injury again, and leaves the game. Now, there's reports are he's going to miss at least two games. I think he's going to miss quite a bit. They cannot mess this up. They have to make sure when he returns next time that he's good to go. And this is the tricky part about hamstring injuries. Why are you always worried? Because they don't go away. We talk about this in baseball, too. When you have this hamstring injury, oh, okay, the soreness is gone, I feel okay. Boom. You start running again, and it kicks in. So they need to be safe. Jacksonville obviously has designs on making a Super Bowl push. They obviously can win without Fournette in the short term. They're probably going to need him in the postseason. So you know Fournette's going to miss the next couple weeks, and you know who knows? I believe they have a bye in Week 9, so you might not see him to Week 10. I wouldn't be surprised at all, and that's just a killer for people who drafted Fournette in the first round. And I know there's the anti-Fournette crowd who say, oh, I told you he can't stay healthy. He, and, and there's some truth to it, because in college, he had a lot of injuries. We know that. At LSU, he was banged up, and he did have an injury last year. That caused him to miss two games. Remember, he played in 13, but one of the games he was suspended. But Fournette still had a huge workload. So it's not like he couldn't hold up under an NFL workload because he did stay healthy and he did play in the playoffs. And he had over 300 touches. And you looked at the situation, good offensive line, although they haven't been as good, a team that wants to run the football, good defense, plenty of scoring opportunities, and he was in a good spot. So I did like Fournette, and I just didn't get him in a lot of spots and uh, this is really tough for his owners right now because uh, you basically have gotten nothing from Fournette this year, really. Uh, you know, he didn't play Week 2, he didn't play Week 3, and even Week 1, 9 carries, 41 yards, 3 for 14. So it's been basically a zero from Fournette so far. And TJ Yeldon will be the lead back. Uh, he's He's been playing about 75% of the snaps with Fournette down. Corey Grant obviously will play a role as well in the passing game. Corey Grant was quiet the last two weeks. Uh, I did see him dropped in one of my leagues before this week because someone saw Fournette coming back. I don't think he's a must pick up. Obviously, I think a deeper formats for sure. Week two against New England, six receptions for 56 yards. Didn't do much against Tennessee in week three because that was just a putrid offensive performance for Jacksonville where they didn't do anything, and then this week, the game context, they were ahead of the Jets the entire way, so they weren't going to really throw to their running backs, although uh, Bortles did come out passing, uh, but Grant only played seven snaps, so it's a little bit of a concern. Game flow is going to be the thing for him, but TJ Eldon, obviously, is probably owned in most leagues. I think I did see one with 16 roster spots where he might have been dropped, and obviously, you got to go get him if he is available, but... I'm not putting him in my waiver wire column because I'm assuming he's owned in most leagues. But if you are listening and maybe you're in a shallow league, yeah, TJ Yeldon should be owned while Fournette is sidelined. OJ Howard, he has a sprained MCL. He is going to be out two to four weeks, and the tight end position is just getting hammered so bad right now. Tyler Eifert with a gruesome injury hurting his ankle, and I liked Eifert this past week. I picked him up in a league and started him where Jordan Reed was on bye. Another league I lost out on him. I guess it's a good thing now. I think he went for 17 bucks out of 100 uh, My bid was a little bit lower. Uh, obviously, it saved me some money. And I did play Tyler Eifert in DFS this week. So it was trending upward for him. His snaps were going up. But, man, this is just poor luck. And everyone's going to say, oh, Eifert can't stay healthy. We knew this. Yeah, but it was more his back. And he's had a multitude of injuries throughout his career. This was just one of those freak football injuries. Just real sad for Tyler Eifert. So you take that uh, the one tight end off the board. Now, O.J. Howard. Now, two to four weeks. There is a chance, because the Buccaneers are on bye this week, there is a shot that O.J. Howard does play after the bye. Either way, Cameron Brake becomes a pickup for a couple of reasons. In case Howard is out, Brait is going to see a much bigger opportunity on the field after Howard left. Braid had three catches, 29 yards, and a touchdown on four targets. Scored for the second straight week, but Javis Winston, was named the starting quarterback today. Not a surprise. Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Buccaneers' offense just fell behind as the Bears trounced them. They made the move replacing Fitzpatrick with Winston, who was okay. 16-21, to touchdown, two picks. One of the picks was he was hit as he was about to throw by Khalil Mack It popped up in the air for the interception. So Winston has an affinity for Cameron Bray. We've seen it. He looks for him in the red zone. So Bray's going to become a pickup, even though you can't play him this week. Now, if Howard comes back the following week, you know it hurts Brate's value a little bit. But the fact that Winston is there definitely bodes well because we have seen Winston consistently look for Cameron Brate in the red zone. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott—he's dealing with a couple of injuries, knee and ankle injuries. So he was limping around during the game. They're saying it's a minor ankle sprain and bursitis in his knee. So Zeke is getting a huge workload, and this is why. You know, you like them in fantasy. I know there was concerns about the Cowboys' offensive line, but he is going to get most of the touches, and we talked about it on the show last week. Elliott was one of my favorite plays in DFS. I had him in all my lineups, and he came through, and they finally... And they've been going to him more in the passing game this year, but he can catch the football, and they're finally doing it. I mean, they just don't have enough weapons at wide receiver. They need to find... A way to get Zeke the ball. Now, I guess the biggest concern is, you know, can he hold up with with these injuries? Now, he got through the game and was fine. You'll probably see him limited at practice. Probably won't even practice much. But he had 29 touches in this game. And I figured that was going to be the case. I thought Dallas would be competitive in this game, possibly win. Thought Detroit could have a letdown after their emotional win on Sunday against New England. and, And I don't think they're that good. I don't think Dallas is that good either. But Zeke's going to get a huge workload and figured that it would happen this week. I said he would finally get, you know, 20-plus touches or 25-plus touches, and he did with the 29. So we'll just have to watch this one uh, for Elliott owners. Bill O'Brien said that Will Fuller's removal against the Colts was not precautionary. This is not great for Will Fuller owners. I mean, this guy is dealing with a hamstring injury. Again, he is a speed guy. and He's been playing so well so far for the Texans this year. I mean, this is – Another touchdown for him, even though he only played 27 snaps and it came to went overtime. Four for 49 and a touchdown. He scored a touchdown in each game he's played this season. That's three games. He missed week one. And with Deshaun Watson, now I think it's what, seven touchdowns in nine games? Something like that. Basically scores almost every time Deshaun Watson plays. So this is concerning for sure for Fuller owners. We'll have to wait and see if he'll play. Now, here's the tough part. It seems to happen all the time with these injured players. The Texans play Sunday night against Dallas. So, yeah, we'll we'll obviously have to wait until the weekend and, and get further news and see the practice reports. So, you don't worry about it now. But as the week goes along and you look at your roster, you have to be prepared uh, in case fuller's a game-time decision. If you're going to wait around for Sunday night, you're going to have to have an option either in that game. And there's no one on the Cowboys side you want at wide receiver – And uh, for the Monday night game the following week. So we'll keep you posted and talk about that all week. Randall Cobb didn't play in week four with a hamstring injury. And he said today that he was not close to playing. That is not good. That means he might be at odds to play in week five against Detroit. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. And the other issue is Geronimo Allison, who I liked. Once I saw Cobb was out, I put Allison in my DFS lineups as well. He was a good play even if Cobb sat because he was cheap, but certainly with Cobb out, Allison became a better play on the slate over the weekend. But Allison is also questionable with a concussion, so we could see a little bit more of Marquez Valdez Scantling, the rookie who hasn't really got much of an opportunity this year, but he could play a big role this week, so that's something to keep in mind in deeper formats. Rob Gronkowski, he left the game yesterday with an ankle injury. Now, the problem is the Patriots play Thursday night. Today, he was listed as a non-participant in practice, and he was the only player listed as not practicing. So, it's a little bit of a concern right here. Now, the report from Adam Schefter, ESPN, says it's not serious. Uh, They list him as day-to-day right now, but we'll see if he can play on Thursday. And Gronk has been a disappointment so far. You hope that with Josh Gordon back, and Gordon played about, I think it was like 17 snaps, had two targets, and Julian Edelman... Back from suspension this week, that maybe you could open up things for Gronk. Marlon Mack was limited in par- practice today for the Colts. They play again, they're playing Thursday night against the Patriots. Jack Doyle didn't participate in practice, so you got to think that he might not go. They ruled him out on Friday, so that's not a good sign. And T.Y. Hilton looks unlikely to play as well this week because the Colts are going to be really shorthanded. T.Y. Hilton left the game early with a chest injury, then left again with a hamstring. And based on the comments from Frank Reich, it sounds like Hilton's not going to play on Thursday night. So Colts are going to be real shorthanded against the Patriots, who rebounded and smacked Miami this past weekend. Uh, Looks like Hayden Hurst could make his NFL debut in Week 5, according to Ravens coach John Harbaugh. The Ravens have been throwing at the tight ends a lot. They've been using three, Max Williams, Nick Boyle. Uh, So we'll have to see if he can get involved quickly. I think he probably could. He's really talented, so... I think you can add him in the performance because, again, there's so many injuries at tight ends. And outside of a few who you're starting every week, you might be playing the matchups. And You might have two on your roster and uh, be playing a lot of matchups in the weeks ahead. When we return, we got a lot more news to go over, some injury updates and some of the interesting things that happened this weekend and what it means for your fantasy team. It's ahead right here, Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back here at Scout Fantasy Sports, I'm Adam Ronis. Of course, you can find me, scoutfantasysports.com. Several articles up today, Dr. Roto's prescription notes, my look at the waiver wire, injury report, and of course, ask your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want when you're a member, and check out Scout DFS, NHL about to start NBA, and of course, the NFL, where through three weeks, the projections, the RDA projections of Scout Fantasy Sports number one according to Fantasy Pro. So hopefully we'll keep that spot after the Week 4 numbers are in. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, You can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign-up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. A little bit of news that came out also during... The the break, uh, according to Adam Schefter, Pittsburgh is still expected to be interested in listening to trade offers for Le'Veon Bell per league sources. So we'll see if that happens. And that would also be good, obviously, depending on where he lands. Um, so that's something you could look at. Uh, we have some news, injury news here. Dante Pettis has already been ruled out for Week 5 against the Cardinals. He has a knee injury. I mean, he was, to me, droppable anyway. I had him in the scout fantasy the play fantasy football world championship uh, that I did out in Vegas. And I dropped him last week. Once I saw that Jimmy Garoppolo was out and Marquise Goodwin was back, I dropped him. So I don't think he has much value. The other thing of note, Pete Carroll said that Mike Davis has earned a spot in the running back rotation going forward. Now, if you missed it yesterday and this is why you have to pay attention on Sunday during the afternoon as well. It was a little bit surprising. We knew Chris Carson was going to be a game time decision, but most people expected him to play. When those inactives came out around 2.45, 3 p.m. Eastern, Chris Carson was out. I had to scramble because I had Chris Carson in my lineup in four leagues, including that online league. And, unfortunately, in that league, I didn't have anyone else, basically, except Cameron Meredith the Traquan Smith. So I put in Meredith, and he wasn't great. Looks like I'm going to still win anyway. I got my homes going tonight, and my opponent's done. I'm up two, so I'll get the win. But total points matter in that online championship. So that sucked. Every other league, I had a pretty suitable replacement, and I think I'm going to win all those matchups anyway, so it didn't crush me. But, you know, this is why you really have to pay attention. And I understand some of you guys out there have families and church and activities to do on Sunday, but that's why you got to be near your phone. And, you know, I put it out on Twitter. I always put out the inactives, follow me at Adam Ronis. So hopefully you do and you get the alerts, but that's why I do that to help people, you know, even if it just helps one person get Carson out of the lineup. Uh, It means I did my job. So Mike Davis was the one who got the start and most of the touches instead of Rashad Penny, who I think most people felt, okay, here's Rashad Penny. It was Mike Davis instead. And Davis had a big game, 21 for 101 on the ground, two touchdowns, also caught four passes. Now uh, Carroll did say he expects Chris Carson to return. But, man, this just makes the situation cloudy. And you never can believe what Pete Carroll says. We've seen this numerous times. So – it's going to be dicey this week if Chris Carson does play. Now they go against the Rams too, and the way Rams are playing, you got to think Seattle's playing from behind. So uh, going to be interesting to see what happens. I did put Mike Davis in the waiver wire column because if you're playing in in a high stakes league, Mike Davis is out there, and you got to take a shot. Now the, it, I'm not spending a ton of money. Now you might be desperate at running back. Maybe you have some underperformers. Again, week five buys. Maybe you got Jordan Howard. No one from the – I mean, you're not relying on Peyton Barber at this point. You know, Tampa Bay's on bye. So it's not crucial for buys this week. But maybe you have a a couple of injuries. Maybe you got Fournette. You didn't get yelled in. And Dalvin Cook, who's still not 100%. You might be desperate and you might be forced to go out there and get a Mike Davis in a deeper format. But certainly is on the radar. I don't want to spend a ton of money. But Pete Carroll did say he's going to be in the rotation. Dan Quinn said he hopes Devontae Freeman will return. This week for the Falcons, it's a critical game. They're at Pittsburgh. Both teams struggling and really needing a win. So Freeman would probably go back to being the main back in that backfield ahead of Tevin Coleman. You know, Alex Collins had an opportunity near the goal line and fumbled just when it looked like they were going to use him more. And obviously uh, Ravens coach John Harbaugh said he, he wasn't happy with it. He's like, we can't have it. And you understand that coaches get really pissed off in situations like that. And Collins, that was one of the issues is why we see Buck Allen near the goal line is they're a little bit concerned with Collins's fumbling issue. So something to keep an eye on there. I mean, Buck Allen has that role anyway, so uh, he has value. Uh, in one of the leagues where I had Carson, I replaced him with Buck Allen since that was the night game. And he didn't do much, but certainly uh, didn't cost me this week. But it's pretty ugly at running back. A lot of guys are underperforming. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, some other things that stood out here in the week is uh, the performance of Andy Dalton once again, uh, 337 yards and three scores. He's got 11 touchdowns on the season. So if you got him as a backup quarterback, that worked out really well. And once again, Tyler Boyd, just tremendous man. I used him in DFS. He was still too cheap. He was in the 4,000s, I believe, at 46, 4700 on DraftKings, I think. And look, you know, said it after week two, he looked really good, and he was going to play a role in this offense and Sometimes it sucks because when Boyd was on waivers, in most of my leagues, I'm pretty good at wide receiver, I, and I think the most the weakness most people have this year obviously is running back. Uh, some people might have it at RB one and RB two. I've been fortunate so far that I have Alvin Kamara in several leagues, and David Johnson in a couple, and it's been a roller coaster with David Johnson, but certainly looks better with Rosen at quarterback. So in a lot of my leagues, I have good wide receivers, and Tyler Boyd when he was on the waiver wire after week one or two, I'm like well, you know, do I really need to spend 25% of my budget on Boyd? I do like him, but I don't really have a need. And sometimes that you'll look back and say, okay, yeah, it worked. Then like two weeks later, when two of your guys get hurt, you're like, oh, I should have went after him. So it's always a tricky scenario. You know, sometimes even if you don't have I'll say this, even if you don't have a need, you put in a bid. And that's what I did. Always put in bids. You never know. Sometimes you are surprised at the players you win. You're like, really? I only put in a bit of, you know, 3%, 4%. I thought this guy was going to go for way more. And you get them. You never know. Sometimes people sleep. Maybe other people have the same mentality as you where they say, yeah, I don't, I don't need them. I'm good. So always put in bids on everyone. I know it's time-consuming, especially if you play in a multitude of leagues, but like everything in life, hard work pays off. You got to do it. Take the time. You dedicate your time to this, especially if you're playing multiple leagues. That means you, you have a huge interest in this. Take the time. Even if it takes an hour or two on a Tuesday or Wednesday, do it. Put in the bids. I always do. It always will pay off at some point. But, yeah, Boyd definitely looks like a big part of this offense. 15 more targets, 11 catches, 100 yards. So uh, you got to be real happy if you have him now. Very interested to see what his salary goes up to. And Gio Bernard, once again, was really good. I thought he was a really good DFS play. He was only 6300 on DK. Price didn't go up that much. For the Falcons, I mean, the thing that stands out here is if you were invested in the Falcons' offense right now, you are elated because this defense is absolutely putrid. And before the year, I thought it was going to be a good defense, but they've obviously lost three key players on the defense at each level. So it's really hurt this team. But it's good for fantasy because Matt Ryan's going to be chucking the ball. 419 yards for him. Another big game with three touchdowns. Remember when people were soured on Matt Ryan in week one? Well, you want him as your QB right now. You're looking to him in DFS as well. I mean, Julio Jones, once again, yeah, he didn't find the end zone. But he had nine for 173. And Calvin Ridley, I didn't think he was a must-start this week. There were, And a lot of people play in more shallow format. So there were some questions where I was asked about Calvin Ridley, and I didn't recommend him. I apologize. But he only had six targets, and he actually didn't play a lot of snaps. So keep that in mind. You know, He had four for 54 and two touchdowns. So the two touchdowns obviously help, and it's now six touchdowns in the last three games. But Julio Jones outscored him in PPR without scoring a touchdown. So you're happy if you have Calvin Ridley, but keep in mind that it's not like he played a whole bunch of snaps and he didn't get a boatload of targets either. So uh, that was the issue. Mohamed Sanu obviously had a good game against his forward team, six catches for 111 yards. You know, He'll be in play in certain matchups, but especially the, the, the reason why he has a little bit more value now is because of this Falcons defense. It's pretty bad, and they're going to be forced to score. One of the biggest stories of the week was Chicago Bears' offense, and it's funny because I know I talked about it on Friday. I mentioned Mitch Trubisky as a tournament play. I didn't say I I was going to do it, but if I played like a lot, I don't usually play a ton of lineups. If I did, I would have put one in because he was too cheap, and it was the matchup, and, and that's the key sometimes. And I know a lot of teams that won big money had Trubisky because he had not looked good the first three weeks, but you look at the matchup. Tampa Bay is just bad defensively. He was home. And it's going to take him some time in this new offense. He's got some weapons here, and boy, he looked good. So uh, 354 passing yards, six touchdowns, even 54 yards rushing. Now, it was a little surprising how it was distributed. I played Allen Robinson DFS because his price was cheap, and I thought he was going to get a huge target share. And early on, it looked good, two for 23 and a touchdown. But that was it because of the game script. They had a big lead. Trey Burton, he came through if you used him. He was one of the tight ends I mentioned, two for 86 and a touchdown. I didn't play him, but I mentioned Taylor Gabriel as a possibility, and I wrote him up in my deep sleeper column that comes out on Saturday. I put Taylor Gabriel on there, and he was 7 for 104 and two touchdowns. So I actually had him in one of my lineups, and then I took him out, made some adjustments. As I mentioned, I put Geronimo Allison in, moved some things around. So it would have been great to stick with him, but uh, the Bears stack obviously won. Jordan Howard, though, I mean, look at this. The Bears put up 48, and Jordan Howard has 12 touches for 25 yards. When they were up huge. So, it sounded like this was kind of game sp- a game plan specific. Tariq Cohen actually, you know, 174 total yards and 20 touches. Where did that come from? So, Look, I don't... I'm not going to regret not re- recommending Tariq Cohen this week. Uh, where did you see this coming from? Based on what he had did the first three weeks. He had had more than eight touches in any game. And then all of a sudden he has 20? So... Uh, Cohen's going to be real tricky deciding what to do with him. Uh, be, be, you don't have to worry this week because they're on bye. But he was barely involved the first few weeks. For the Bucks, we mentioned quarterback change. Winston's going to start in weeks ahead. Ronald Jones was active for the first time. Now, he didn't do much. 10 carries, 29 yards. He did drop a pass, too, and that's their, been their biggest concern. They're worried about him in the passing game. So I don't think you'll see him much in a passing game. But I think after this bye... You'll see Ronald Jones. So, in a deeper format, pick him up. I think I mentioned in the last week or two to kind of stash him, if you could. And I know he hasn't been impressive. In the preseason, he ran with the second team, though. And Their first team offensive line is not good at running the ball. I don't think the second team is going to be much better. So, again, I don't really have high expectations because I think this is going to be a pass-happy offense. Their defense stinks. They'll be playing from behind. But a running back is just a disaster. Uh, for the Lions, not, carry on Johnson. Like, And I mentioned it last week. I said it's going to be hard to play carry on Johnson because I know we got excited, and we saw week three. He had 16 carries, 101 yards. The first time the Lions had a 100-yard rushing game, I think since 2013, if I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head. So people got excited. But Garrett Blunt had 16 carries in the game too. And early on against Dallas, he scored a touchdown. You were feeling good, but still – he played 20 snaps, nine carries, 55 yards, and a touchdown in one catch. Do I like him? Yes. But before we say on Johnson's an automatic start, you have to look at the way they're utilizing him. They're still using Theo Riddick, and they're still using LeGarrette Blount, which is a problem. <laughs> I don't know why. Just go to on Johnson. Like, Do you not see it? He's clearly the best running back on this team and needs more touches. Now, Blunt only played 14 snaps, but he had seven carries for 12 yards. Why are you wasting your time with LeGarrette Blunt? So, just be happy if you have carry on Johnson. And I definitely expect his usage to go up in the coming weeks. Speaking of that, Packers running backs. I basically said none of them are great plays this week, but I, I mentioned the deep sleeper column. And I'll fully admit, week three, it really didn't do that well. Week four was money. But you got to keep in mind, deep sleepers are hard, you know, because I'm not recommending obvious plays. I mean, I'm digging deep. So. Running back, it's very difficult to dig deep on because almost every running back is owned that has a pulse that gets touches. But I put Aaron Jones in there only because Mike McCarthy before the game said, yeah, we're going to stick with this three-man rotation. And they kind of did during the game, but Aaron Jones clearly looks like the best back. We know he's the most talented. That doesn't mean the coaches see that too, and it doesn't mean it's going to translate to fantasy. But what you have to hope is that eventually the talent wins out. Now, it's clear... Aaron Rodgers wants Aaron Jones on the field. He is frustrated with this offense right now. He came out after the game and said they played terrible, and they won 22-0. So Aaron Jones, 65 yards and 11 carries and a touchdown. Jamal Williams, 11 carries, 27 yards. So, I mean, it's pretty clear what's going on here. You just have to hope that the Packers eventually see this. But I would be trading for Aaron Jones. I don't don't think a savvy owner is going to give him to you, but – If you can, now's the time to make the play for Aaron Jones and just hope that the talent wins out. He brings a little bit more of that playmaking breakaway speed. You know, he's the guy that can take it to the house. Jamal Williams really can't unless, like, the defenders follow. We saw that one big play. I think it was Sunday Night Football, actually, against the Steelers where he was, like, wide open. But, uh, Aaron Jones also has one reception, 17 yards. So they got to get this guy on the field more. And you just got to hope that they do as a, uh, Aaron Jones owner Texans you know again we mentioned Will Fuller Kiki Kuti 15 targets 11 catches 109 yards you know and this was a guy that I was looking at like in the real deep leagues like I did a best ball draft that was like 26 rounds then the Scott Fish Bowl was 22 rounds so Kuti was on my radar then I didn't wind up getting him and then when the he had the hamstring injury in the preseason so I backed away but I saw a One of my leagues, someone picked him up this past week, and I forgot to text him. It was a real good pick. I saw him. I was like, wow, that's a nice pick. Good speculative play. Did I expect Cootie to do this? No. (laughs) Didn't expect it. Uh, 15 targets in this game, but they used him everywhere. He's got some quickness. They're going to use him out of the slot. It's going to create a lot of mismatches. Now, you'll probably say, well, Fuller was out of the game. True. And if Fuller misses time, it'll help Cootie more. But I think they need this weapon in this offense. It's just not happening for Lamar Miller. And I talked about this in the preseason. You know, the thing was, oh, Lamar Miller is going to get the volume. True. So if he gets the volume, you know, he's going to be in the RB2 conversation. But I couldn't draft Lamar Miller. Every time I was there in the fourth, fifth round, I couldn't pull the trigger. I just couldn't do it. I mentioned in one of my drafts, in round four, the GST League, you know, Lamar Miller was there. I was like, I don't want him. So Travis Kelsey was still there. And I'm like, it's not part of my plan. But Kelsey, to me, was the best value. Obviously, it looks really good right now with the way Kelsey's playing and the way tight end looks, but I couldn't draft Lamar Miller. It was all volume-based. He's got one touchdown in four weeks. He's got eight receptions. He's not hes not that good, and it's not like even the volume is great right now. So that's why I think Cootie could really have a role in this offense, even if Fuller is healthy and plays. To me, he's one of the biggest pickups this week, and he's available in a lot of the high-stakes leagues. So definitely look at him. And we might uh, get some pickups on the Colts side as well. Uh, I told you T.Y. Hilton's probably going to be out. Uh, Marlon Mack could be out again. Good game from Zach Pascal, a wide receiver. But I think you could look at Chester Rogers. He had a really good game. And Andrew Luck, uh, career-high 464 passing yards, 62 pass attempts. He's probably going to need to throw a lot this week against the Patriots on Thursday. I expect the Patriots to have their way. Colts are banked up. They're coming off an overtime game. Short week. So I think Chester Rogers is someone you could look at on the waiver. I'm assuming Ryan Grant's on in most deeper formats. He could be out there in leagues with 16 roster spots. But Ryan Grant... Chester Rogers getting big upgrades and Eric Ebron came through this week with a touchdown look for him to get a bunch of targets once again a lot more to get to when we return as we recap week four what it means for your fantasy team here on scout fantasy sports did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning fantasy sports radio network listen on the iHeartRadio app the tune in radio app The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. A little lean back, Fat Joe and Remy Martin. And for all you Remy Martin fans, new show tonight, Remy Martin and Papoose. I believe it's at 9 p.m. on VH1. Papoose, my favorite rapper, so anything he's on, I'm going to watch. Only season 11 hip-hop I watched is when Papoose is on it. I don't care about the other garbage, but Papoose, one of the most underrated rappers out right now. So glad to see him doing well. Bet DSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payments of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at Bet DSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events, where you can make your play at any time during the game. Bet DSI is now offering up to a $1,000 bonus in your first deposit if you use promo code FNTSY. That's BetDSI.com, promo code FNTSY. So head on over to Bet DSI and start winning today. Also, if you want to win... You know where to go, ScoutFantasySports.com. Number one, according to Fantasy Pros, in the accuracy rankings after three weeks. And those projections are used, the RDA projections are used in the Scout DFS optimizer and tools. So if you want to win money, this is the place to be. Proven track record of winners. So make sure you head on over to ScoutFantasySports.com. We do have some free articles. Check it out. See for yourself. And obviously, a lot of the good stuff. You got to pay for it. Look, we got to eat, man. You know, people get mad. They don't want to pay for anything. But if you respect the people that work in there, it's not that much of a contribution. It doesn't cost much. You're going to win your money back. Whether it's your seasonal league or DFS, you're going to win it back. So let's spread the support among all of us, okay? Uh, Corey Davis. want to talk about him. There was a lot of people who have been disgusted with Corey Davis over the past week. In fact, I had a question on the scoutfantasysports.com message board. And they asked who to start. And they mentioned Corey Davis. And they said, if you respond with Corey Davis, I'm canceling my subscription. He sucks. That drove me crazy. Now, I believe in that answer. I don't think I said Corey Davis. Not because I didn't like him. I love Corey Davis. And I played him in the leagues I have him. Actually, I do not have him as much as I thought. I have him in a lot of best ball. But I guess... You know He's going in the fourth, fifth round, so it depended on where you pick. Now, I did get him out in Vegas. I took him on the 4-5 turn, picking number one. So I'm a huge fan. He was the scout fantasy sports breakout player of the year. You could see it last year. It was all injuries. Watch that postseason game against New England. He was phenomenal. And the talent was there. The reason why Davis has had a slow start is the injuries. And the quarterback, Marcus Mariota, he had to play with Blaine Gabbert for a little bit. But Davis is getting one of the biggest target shares in the NFL. It's somewhere in the 35% vicinity. And 13 targets week one, six for 62. All right, 12 in a PPR. Week two, five for 55 and 77 targets. On seven targets. So yeah, 77, I wish. So he had 10 points. All right, fine. Now, week three, I did not play him. He was in my sit-em column for week three because he was going against Jacksonville. We know how daunting that matchup is. And he was going to get Jalen Ramsey and Bouye. And Blaine Gabbert started that game. Mariota came in, but Davis, two for 34. So people have the recency bias. Now, did I expect Mariota to go out and play like he did this week? No. But it's definitely encouraging. They let him throw 43 times. And he made some throws that weren't too bad. And Corey Davis is a stud. Now, the game went overtime, but he had 15 targets, nine for 161, and the game-winning touchdown in overtime. I mean, this he is good. He was a first round pick last year. He went what, I think seven overall? Something like that. He definitely went in the top ten. So he clearly is a talented receiver and he doesn't have much competition. So I really hope you guys stay patient with Corey Davis. Now there was some scenarios this week, you know, where you guys have, you know, good receivers. So I could have seen sitting Corey Davis. If you had maybe, you know, Jarvis Landry and Keenan Allen and someone else like that and you could only start 3. Yeah, okay, I could see benching him. But Corey Davis is legit and I just hope you guys didn't react like the person on the message board because Corey Davis is very good and if Mariota is healthy going forward for this offense it really bodes well. He is going to get a ton of targets. I mean, he could he's going to be probably among the top 5 in target leaders this year. I'm again 39 in 4 games. So, definitely think that you uh, want Corey Davis on your team. Should be very happy right now, for sure. So, um, definitely feel good about that. And hopefully uh, you, you kept him. You stayed patient. Uh, for Jacksonville, D.D. Westbrook had a big game. He had 13 targets, 9 catches for 130 yards. Dante Moncrief, 5 for 109. He had a 67-yard touchdown as well. Keelan Cole was quiet. So, I think it's going to be spread among these wide receivers. Now, we do have bye weeks coming up. Cole looks to be the best of the group, but um, the Jets did a nice job matching up with him, so it opened it up for the other guys. So, you know, they're all kind of rosterable, but it's going to be like a week-to-week thing with them. Uh, the other thing that stood out this week is the Patriots. Uh, sorry, Dolphins fans, if you thought your team was legit. They're not. <laughs> they got smacked by New England 38-7. to Now, we saw early last week Rex Burkhead placed on IR. That obviously to me was good for Sony Michelle and James White, but especially Sonny Michelle because James White always has his role. We know he's going to be involved in the passing game. I still hear people say, oh, I don't want anything to do with the Patriots running backs. Why? Deion Lewis was a league winner last year. Of course, he was the cheapest of the group, and Rex Burke had, had his moments. But now, especially now, the the group has, shr- has shrunk. It's White and Michelle right now. So we know. And this setup is a prime game. I. Got Sony Michelle in my lineup in the two leagues that I have him, and he had a big game: twenty-five for one hundred twelve and a touchdown on the ground. Didn't catch any passes, and he won't be involved in the pass game much. And they were playing from ahead anyway. But uh, Sony Michelle definitely someone that you want to play going forward. James White actually had two touchdowns and one hundred twelve total yards, and he was a good value and got it done. Uh, but once again, Chris Hogan, man, wow, Chris Hogan, another crappy performance for him in. Boy, people were taking him to the run, and I admittedly did so in one league. I took him in the scout fantasy staff league. I did not have Hogan in my lineup this week. I had pretty good wide receivers, so I didn't need to use him. One target for 25 yards. Now, he had the two touchdowns against Jackson one week, too, but, man, eight catches, 109, and two touchdowns for Hogan in four games. Now, you can look at it two ways. All right, well, Julian Edelman's coming back. Josh Gordon's going to play more snaps. Not good for Hogan. There is partial truth to that. The other thing is, he won't get as much attention. It could leave him open. Still, you do not feel good about Chris Hogan right now. Josh Gordon had two catches for 32 yards, had one on a critical third down that brought him closer to the goal line. His reps will increase. I don't know if I'm ready to play him yet. I have him in one league. I did not play him. They played Thursday night, so it's a short week. You figure he'll be used more. I think it comes down to individual teams. Uh, I don't think he's a must-start yet. He'll... I'd expect the reps to go up this week and wouldn't be surprised if he gets a touchdown, but not ready to go and say he's a must start just yet. But I'm looking forward to see him more involved in this offense, especially with Edelman coming back as well. The other guy to keep in mind for the Titans now, I had him as my stash and cash player in my preseason pro picks, uh, Taewon Taylor. And the news broke last week. I don't know if it was Thursday or Friday. I'm pretty sure I mentioned on the show. I hope I did because I went out and picked them up in uh, my home league. Uh, Taylor was on the waiver wire. I have him in quite a few best bowl leagues, but Richard Matthews was released. That opened things up for Taylor. I mean, you knew his snaps were going to go up. And what do they have on this team outside of Corey Davis? There's no Delaney Walker and John O. Smith is invisible. They don't throw to him. Yeah, Deion Lewis, but there's nothing else at wide receiver. Taylor's in a really good spot. We've seen his snaps go up every week since week one. And nine targets, seven catches, 77 yards. He's still out there in a lot of leagues. So I think he is definitely someone that you want to pick up if he's on the waiver wire for sure. I think there is room in this offense for him. He's going to play the steps now. Barriott is not going to light it up every week with 344 yards. But I think he's going to get targets. So definitely like Taylor going forward for sure. Alshon Jeffrey returned, I thought he looked good. You know, and I, Admittedly, I was not a big Alshon Jeffrey fan this year. thought he was going too early. Now, he did start to go later after the injury. And apparently, I guess that shoulder was – because I was looking at his numbers last year and how he wasn't very efficient. But maybe at the shoulder really limited him. But they certainly needed that outside threat. And Alshon looked good. Eight for 105 and a touchdown on nine targets. You know, Alshon Jeffrey didn't even have a 100-yard game last year. So definitely encouraging there was an overtime game, but certainly looks good for him. Nelson Aguilar wasn't good, 5 for 22, but he did have 12 targets. So the target share is going to be there. Zach Ertz, obviously, you feel great if you have him right now. 10 catches, 112 yards. There are not a lot of people that are feeling good at tight end. You have Ertz, you have Kelsey. I want to say Gronk, but we'll see if he's able to play this week. Uh, And as I mentioned, uh, Dallas Goddard would have been a play for me if Jeffrey was out. I think a deeper format, you could hold on to Goddard. You know, I picked him up. I had a league where Doyle was hurt, so I picked up Goddard and also picked up Hooper. I went going. I wound up going with Hooper. Obviously, they both did nothing. That's the situation people are in at tight end, man. So, uh, I do think Goddard, in a league with 16 roster spots, I could see cutting him. In the high-stakes leagues, and those with 20, I'd probably hold him just in case. Could see him uh, still be involved in the offense. But obviously, you know, it's tough because uh, – You know, Jeffrey's there now. Uh, I know Mike Wallace isn't there. And uh, we did see Jordan Matthews score, but it was his only catch. And it was uh, bad coverage, broken down coverage on the defensive side. Uh, I think the takeaway from Arizona is you do feel better with Josh Rosen at quarterback. Uh, You know, he wasn't great, but he got better as the game went along. 180 passing yards and a touchdown. It helped David Johnson. You know, David Johnson had 112 total yards and a touchdown. And, you know, he still was involved in the pass game. I had a conversation today with Scott Atkins of Scout Fantasy Sports because, you know, he was basically saying, oh, David Johnson's a bust so far. I don't think he is. I think he's like RB12, RB13 right now. And, yeah, it's been a little bit of a bumpy ride, and some people took him as high as number two overall. So, in that scenario, you're disappointed, but it's better than having Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook. So, I don't think it's that bad. And he did get 22 carries, finally, as they did move the ball a little bit. And look, now he has a—he had three receptions for 41 yards. That's seven points right there. Seven on the ground, 14. That's without a touchdown, and he had the touchdown. So as long as they can continue to get Johnson the ball in the passing game, three, four, five receptions a game, it's going to raise his floor. So I think you're starting to feel better about David Johnson and the Cardinals offense, Uh, because the Seahawks defense is not as bad as we as we thought. They're actually playing pretty well. So it was a pretty good accomplishment here Larry Fitzgerald I had him in the sit column he's not 100% he's fighting through it three catches 28 yards he did have a team high seven targets but man you can't even play him in a non-PPR he's relying on touchdowns and this offense still isn't good Um, Christian Kirk talked about him on the waiver wire last week four catches 28 yards so again the ceiling's low there's not much to like in this offense outside of David Johnson. You know, Fitzgerald, if he gets healthy, sure. You know, volume guy in PPR. But I just shied away from him this year. We did see the return of Doug Baldwin, who had seven targets, five for 41. So not bad in a PPR if you use him in nine. And it's always tricky with players coming off injury. You know, you could say, well, look at Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette. It didn't work out. But then Jeffrey came back and was good. So sometimes it's a gut feeling with that and also your situation. But a lot of times... I didn't, I don't think I recommended all, Sean, too much, a lot of the questions I asked. Because, you know, I wasn't sure. I mean, it was really the illness that was the issue. He was cleared for contact. It was the illness because he didn't practice Thursday, Friday. So that had me a little concerned. You never know. Mud butt can get you, man, and you don't know how it's going to strike. But Jeffrey was fine. Looked good. Another tight end injury, Will Disley. Not that it was that big because I don't think many people are starting Disley, but uh, he has a torn patella. So there's another tight end that goes off the radar. And uh, we talked about the running back situation for Seattle where it's kind of a mess right now where Pete Carroll said Mike Davis is going to be in the mix. Who would have thought? Jared Cook's probably going to want to be in a top five tight end this year just because of the landscape and all the injuries. No Delaney Walker. Evan Ingram missed the time. Greg Olson missed the time. And, you know, you could say what you want about Gruden, but the offense does look better for the Raiders. And Jared Cook's a big part of it. He had eight catches, 110 yards, and two touchdowns. I actually picked up Cook in the league two weeks ago because I saw uh, Jordan Reed, was on bye, so I'm like, oh, I'll get Cook. And I was actually going to, you know, just plug him in for the week and drop him? I can't. Someone's going to run and get and get a score. So it's a league that's not too deep that I don't like to have two tight ends, but I can't drop him. Uh, maybe I'll look to trade him. Well, then again, it's a good insurance policy with Jordan Reed and his health history, but two games now for Cook, over 100 yards. Remember, 180 in week one. Two games of at least eight receptions. His first two touchdowns on the season. Cook has 26 receptions, 370 yards, and two touchdowns. So, <laughs> You got to play him. I mean, right now, we've seen throughout his career the inconsistency. I'm well aware of it. Marshawn Lynch, man, he looks phenomenal. And I got him in a couple leagues, you know, because he was a good value, but probably not enough. I mean, this guy doesn't look 32 at all. And he got screwed. There was a play where he was right close to the sideline, and they blew a whistle quickly. And he wasn't going down. He would have went to the end zone. So the officials actually made a lot of crappy calls in that Raiders-Browns game. But Marshawn Lynch looks good, and he is involved in the passing game. It's two straight weeks now with three receptions. He didn't score this week, but he had 20 carries, 130 yards, and three for 27. So Marshawn Lynch is actually a top 10 running back in PPR formats now. It's also – so it goes to show you the struggle right now on running back. also goes to show you how good Lynch has been. Austin Eckler, by the way, I tweeted out earlier today. He's RB12 right now in PPR formats. Nick Chubb, great game. Three carries, 105 yards. Two of them touchdown runs. Problem is, he's not going to get the volume. I own Chubb in a couple deep leagues. I've been stashing him, holding him. I actually own him in three leagues. One is 20 roster spots, one is 18, and the other one's 16. So, I put him on the waiver wire article. Look, if you need someone this week, he's not going to help. You can't start him yet. He hasn't had more than three touches in any game. This is if Carlos Hyde goes down or if the Browns watch the film and say, you know what, this guy's explosive. We need to get him in the game where They're clearly committed to Carlos Hyde, who's been great. Not great, but very good. He had 18, carries 82 yards on the touchdown, not involved in the pass game that much. But we did see Baker Mayfield give a boost to this offense, which we thought. David Njoku, five catches, 52 yards. So he's pretty much a tight end one every week, again, with that landscape. Uh, the Chargers... Disappointing game for Mike Williams. He was quiet. You know, that's unfortunate. Melvin Gordon had another big game. Austin Eckler involved as well. And George Kittle. You know, this was a good sign here. Six car- uh, receptions for 125 yards and a long touchdown. So, good to see you. CJ Bethard going to Kittle. Uh, Kittle's certainly going to be in play now. Alvin Kamara, once again, winning people weeks. Drew Brees was a disappointment this week. Uh, Michael Thomas as well. Four catches, 47 yards. So, it was just all Alvin Kamara and. Eli Manning, geez, man. You know, I did recommend him as a deep sleeper, did recommend him as a DFS play. Man, he sucks. I mean, this offense, Odell Beckham still doesn't have a touchdown. Pretty bad right now. And uh, John Brown, please stay healthy. Love John Brown. Another big game last night, 116 yards on three catches. So if you listen to me in the preseason, saw my rankings, I really hope John Brown's on your roster because I love him. Let's just pray he can stay healthy. But that Ravens offense looks good. Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusively single-entry contests. It's a fun and a recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness Bracket Contest. Sign up today. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. In the meantime, you can check me out, ScoutFantasySports.com. I'll have my Week 5 Fab article up tomorrow. Any questions on the waiver wire, trades, ask them on the message boards in the forums. And check out Scout DFS. We want you to win big money. Scout Fantasy Sports is the place to do it. Number one site through three weeks according to Fantasy Pros. I'll be back Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern.